On this episode of the Real Life Caddy podcast, I'm joined by hole-in-one expert and golf caddy, Michael Zabel. Zabel kicks us off with a rather amusing topic regarding what exactly caddies are qualified to do out with caddying. I think he may be deleting his LinkedIn account very soon. We move on to tell a few stories about some of the quite horrendous golf we've both endured over the last few weeks. Zabo chaperoned a guy who couldn't stop shanking the ball, and I get stuck with a lad who'd recently switched to playing golf left-handed, because he was so bad swinging right-handed. Yes, you heard that correctly, you can't make these stories up. Zabo and I then answer a few very thought-provoking mailbag questions, including whether new equipment will help your game if you only play five times a year. As always, we wind up the episode with our listener shout-outs. If you are new to the podcast, please feel free to go back through our mostly evergreen catalogue of episodes. Please also check out our podcast sponsor, Big Game Golf. However, in the meantime, we hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Real Life Caddy Podcast, episode 119. This one is called Enough Bad Golf for a Lifetime. What mm-hmm. do you think about that one, Michael? Mm. I've seen enough ga- bad golf for a lifetime and the, maybe the afterlife as well. I've seen afterlife. a lot of bad golf. Yes. <laughs> if, if a cat has nine lives, I have seen enough bad oh, golf in the past where week. Do, where do we begin with bad golf? Yeah. First of all, last episode, Marcella Smith. It went down yeah. very well. People I, uh, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, the rules of golf. A lot of people don't know them, and she's uh, very knowledgeable. Uh-huh. And check out her podcast. Check out the podcast. Also check out her Instagram page, mm-hmm. Girl Girlfriend's Guide to, to Golf. golf. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that we are equal opportunists by, by having... We are. That was our first episode with a female on right after the uh, the women's open. So yeah, hundred and eighteenth episode, and, and we get a lady in. So and, and <laughs> it was you know about what? time. But you know what? See if there's any ladies out here there that listen. You know, feel free to contact us, and and yeah, you know, if you want to be on here and you've got something to talk about, Shoot please some let questions. us know. Shoot some questions. You know, the, the the enough bad golf for a lifetime. This brings me to you know you on a lot of social media. Like I know you have your glorified our glorified donkey accounts and the, yeah. the but but yourself are you on a lot of social media no i i'm a pusher i'm well, like i'm a, i'm a, i'm the drug dealer i i don't take the drugs but what about like linkedin are you on linkedin i'm on it but i never use it you know what drives me nuts about linkedin Go because on. i've been a caddy for way too long i've been a caddy for 20 years you know how linkedin sends you like jobs like that you're qualified <laughs> for and you should be oh man i i gotta delete linkedin because it's getting ridiculous i could be a walmart greeter <laughs> walmart greeter is a big one janitor i could be a janitor at numerous places i got numerous offers to be janitors places and i'm like marianne look at this one i'm telling my wife, i gotta get off linkedin this is absolutely absurd you know, they want me at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> wearing the chicken suit out front. I'm like, oh, I could do that. I'm like, well, no, I'm done with LinkedIn. Well, if you want to move to Kentucky, there's a opening. Remember Cole Hampton, the, the caddy that was at Valhalla? Yeah, he yeah. left his job as a, a Chick-fil-A. At Chick-fil-A. There so, you go. There I you think go. I, I don't don't think I qualified for that one as no. a caddy. But, yeah, it's I'm getting a little fed up with the LinkedIn suggestions. That's a, that is a great, <laughs> great story. Like, what, what if you are institutionalized? which ultimately both you and I are mm-hmm. as caddies, what would we be qualified for now? Not much. 
greeter at Walmart. I got that one covered. I think some sort of job in profiling. Yeah, absolutely. We could be quite good at profiling or sniffing out bullshit. I think mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not bad at that. Lie detector, human lie detector. Well, tell me, enough bad golf for a lifetime. There's a reason we called it this, because we were on the phone the other day and we just talked about watching so much shite golf. Yeah, we were talking about doing doing an episode where revolving around bad golf i'm like well i'm definitely going to be able to one-up you because i've seen way more worse golf than you have and it's not even close it's not i mean it's not even borderline close the the, the bad golf i've seen so i mean okay. do you, you want to start it and i can one-up you or you yeah, where, well, do we, where do we want to start well, we have this this big group in town they come every year and the first day of the event i i roll up to the tee i've got my usual guy geo and he introduces me to the other players uh, it's three guys and a lady and it's a husband wife, and I've got the wife. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And the boys say, oh, yeah, this is this is our, my wife, and uh, she doesn't play. She just started. Oh, jeez. Just what you want to hear. You hear that way too frequently. Three o'clock loop on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, three o'clock. <laughs> jeez. At the wee course. Oh, even worse. You're right. That's what you want to hear, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. As a professional bullshitter, you just have to sit there and go, okay, lovely, we'll have a great time. The golf, we got her moving, right? Yeah, keep, keep we her moving. We don't care how bad you are. Just yeah, pick move the it ball along. up. Move it along. But we were able to, she was quite athletic, so we were able to get you know learn a few things. Mm-hmm. And she ended up having a wonderful time. She actually texted me a couple of days later, said, thank you so much for being your patience, etc. And again, I, I've never thought I was a patient person. I'm not very patient in, with myself or in, in certain situations. But when it comes to caddying, we're actually very, very patient people. You have to be. But she had a wonderful time. So the Sunday goes by. That's fine. No problem. The Monday comes along. And I look at this guy and I think, I recognize him. Seen him before, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I know you. And he goes, oh, yeah, you carried me for, for me before. Or actually, I asked my player. And he says, oh, yeah, you, know, you know him from like four years ago. Okay. Well, he's wearing hearing aids. And I'm thinking, he's my age. He's maybe younger. 25, you know. <laughs> and the guy's deaf. So I guess he, he's got some issue that he woke up one morning, he had a problem with his eyesight, and he's deaf. Jeez. Yeah, talk about getting the shitty end of the stick. Yeah, seriously. Right? He's, he's got left-handed clubs. And I'm, I'm like, I know this guy. And I said, weren't you a right-hander? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And he's... Well, when I woke up and I lost my hearing inside, I decided <laughs> I was lefty. He says, yeah. I says, well, why did you switch? He says, well, it was so bad right-handed. <laughs> I thought we may as well try left. Oh, jeez. Right? Wow. So that's how we start off on the first tee. So he's deaf. Oh, but it's okay. He can lip-read. Oh, perfect. Well, he can't lip-read someone from the west of Scotland, mate. Oh, jeez, yeah. He only can lip-read an Atlanta, Georgia accent. He needed fish. Right, <laughs> but hold so so you might picture this all day. I'm going, all right, Andrew. It's about one seventy. You want to play this on about one eighty? Okay, lovely, jubbly. Turn around and say, all right, here you're gonna have to hit this like one seventy. Yeah, maybe hit it one seventy five. Yeah, you got the Georgia accent all now. day. Fine did, enough. You did the Georgia accent all day. That's pretty cool. The and rest of them are laughing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no problem after that. Wow. So I have a, a rule with shitty golfers. Yeah, we start with a driver, and if yeah. you hit it poorly. The next one we hit three wood, and then you get demoted, but then you can graduate. 
If you hit the hybrid a little better, you can move back to the three wood and maybe Aye. maybe get back to the driver. We were only just on the back nine and he was teeing off with a seven iron. <laughs> <laughs> and by sixteen he had the nine iron out. And you know, I'm holding the I'm holding the left cl- handed club and I'm trying to like give him tips of like I'm There's I'm not, I'm pulling nothing at straws. Helping. Nothing helping. I am absolutely pulling at straws, grabbing anything I can give him. And it was it was horrendous, horrendous. That's double. tough, man. It's it, and at a certain point, you can only do so much, and you just I don't I don't want to say give up on him, but you kind of have to. It's like there's nothing that's going to help this. I, d- I didn't want to give up on the guy because I felt as if in his situation, he's probably ignored in a, in, a, in a an environment where there's a group anyway. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because plus he can't hear him anyway. He's so. struggling <laughs> to hear. And Tuesday comes round. Slightly better experience. Wednesday, same guy. I <laughs> says, how are you doing today? He says, oh, I think I found something oh, yesterday. Oh, no. Well, I tell you what, it wasn't a golf game. Yeah. Whatever he found on Tuesday... Had nothing to do with had golf. Had nothing to do with golf. Abysmal. Now, let's talk about some bad golf, because I got a good one relating to bad golf. I work with... Actually, you know, you mentioned... Uh, Mike Jimenez last episode, and uh, we gave him a shout-out, but uh, I worked with his brother, Marcos, who's also a caddy out there. Yeah. We got set up with this this job for two days. They, they were so bad. They told us right away. The one guy said, you know, I'm really bad. These other two guys are bad. This guy, he's a player. He's good. He's a really good player. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's good. I'm like, so what's up, buddy? You play a lot? And he's like, yeah, I'm on a 17 index. I can get it around. I'm pretty good. And I'm like, here we go. So they were so bad on the first hole, mind you. We said, okay, we got to do a scramble right away. So we played. A four-man scramble, but it, it wasn't a four-man scramble because the 17 wants to play his own ball, but he wanted to play the scramble too. But he wanted to hit an extra ball for the scramble. So here I think, oh. uh, this is going to be great. We're going to do a four-man scramble, breeze right through this ground. Ice essentially was doing a triple because he was playing his own ball <laughs> and part of the scramble, so he's hitting two on every shot and caddying for the other guy, and it was just a nightmare. Our scramble ball, this guy, the 17, if he, kept, if he kept a legit score, he may, might have shot 120, 125. No. But he was picking up and taking mulligans on his separate <laughs> ball that he was playing by himself. On the scramble, we didn't break 90. We didn't break 90 on a four-man <laughs> scramble. And I'm not making that up. We putted everything out, and we kept score. We didn't break 90 on a four-man scramble from the whites. It's not like we were stepping oh, it back. Oh, you're all the way up. Bro, you talk about bad golf. You've never seen golf this bad. It oh, was, I have. Oh, no, no, no. I'm telling you. I oh, am I telling you. You had the 117. You could maybe hit it 160 off the tee. But other than that, oh, it was bad. 90, over 90. It was like a 92 in a four-man scramble. Okay, well, I told you about my Sunday through, what, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Roll on Friday. <laughs> off the bench. Uh-oh. Corporate? Was it corporate? No, 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 no. Just uh, four lads from New Jersey having fun. Okay. And I see my two bags, and they're on a cart. And do you know how we love golf carts? We kind of do, because it saves the body. It's nothing like a good golf cart. I had a lad today. I kind of digress slightly. But they've changed the bags out. And we, I said, what tees are we playing, boys? Oh, we're playing the tips. Okay, so I I pick up the two bags... And the left-hand bag, I'm like, oh, they've they've transferred everything across. What was the point of changing it in the first yeah, place? I could have put my, those, yeah. my bag strap on there. So I got up to the tee, and I said, oh, Ben, Ben's really packed this one. And I open it up. 13 golf balls. 13? 
13 got and I got to think that he's probably got one in his pocket already yeah well why would you have 13 golf balls if you're playing the tips exactly so I ask him what his, tea, his handicap is he says he's a 2 I says well we don't need this we don't need this we don't need this and I, yeah. I kind of took a bit 2 or 3 pounds out of the bag absolutely so these boys are on a cart okay I would today. I would have loved a cart with these two players. I had. I had a scratch and a two. Brilliant. But this is not the situation. So I, I meet the boys at the cart, and one of the sets is a lefty, and they're 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 really nice clubs. I can't remember. They're maybe Mizuno, mm-hmm. but they look good. And usually players have Mizuno, but he's got no woods. And I said, oh. no woods at all. So I, I just took it for granted. I thought, oh wow, w- w- did you have an issue flying here? Did the clubs break? He went, oh no 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 no. I, 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 I can't hit woods. <laughs> I went, really? You can't hit woods? He goes, I can't hit them either. <laughs> I went, oh. Here we go. And he goes, you'll see. I said, oh, well, it can't be any worse than what I've seen the last three or four days. Oh, jeez. And, and it I, was. I should have kept my mouth shut. It was. It was truly horrendous. It, no, they, they weren't playing the tips, this group. These, the, these, the, this was this morning, the tips uh, boys. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The iron guy was the, playing the whites. This guy was so bad, and he, his two mates looked at me and said, oh, good luck, you pulled the, the short straw, because the <laughs> other one... Was a beginner as well. Your other guy you were caddying yes. for? Oh, jeez. So now I have two guys off of off of a cart, Zabo. That's the worst. Off a cart with terrible players is the worst. Second hole, weak, uh, big course. Mm-hmm. Hits it almost in the first green. Wow. Shanks it. I've never seen anyone shank. He must have shanked the ball 50 Second. times. Wow, that's impressive. Second tee, correct. Exactly. Then wow. he Then he hooked the next one. He's three off the tee. He hooked <laughs> right and I've never been with two guys or four people actually I'm working with wee Scotty right my mm-hmm. fellow countryman I've never been with four golfers who took carts that were so unproactive non-active that's the worst we were back and forth and back and forth and back in the second fairway the, the one the guy says oh well you probably would have been better carrying huh and I was like yeah yeah, yeah. you think no how about if you're taking the cart maybe drive it so in the 11th hole I finally said something the the uh, iron guy Shanker, he finally <laughs> hit a green at eleven. Right, he hit, he'd strung two shots together. Wow, impressive! So I came across with his putter, but he walked. You know, you're looking at something else, and he walked by. He grabbed Scotty's cart because it was a little further back. So the one time that I didn't, <laughs> went so he could walk with his putter, he'd actually grabbed the cart. And I said to the boys, I yeah. says, oh, this is a shame. Your only said, chance. I brought his putter out, but, yeah. you know, he'd, you know, it's the first time anyone's touched a cart. Just to kind of... Unbelievable. Your on, only lads. green of the day you're going to hit and you're going to ride up in a cart. But this this lad, he must have... He must have... He shot 69, 68, 69 in the front nine. He would have smoked my boy, my 17. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always funny. Oh, he's the player. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, a he's, he's a good player. He's oh, a golfer. He's he a real can, golfer. He can really get it yeah. around. Yeah. He hits it long, too. What were your next one? What do you have? Actually, you you were a bit of a part of this, too, because you said, I saw you walking over there on the 10th the tee, the, oh, t- right. tee, and you were on 13. Why were you walking down 10? Well, because that's where my player hit it. And if you've ever played the big course, 13 <laughs> tee to 10 T is a pretty 90 degree left turn. Yeah. And this is, this is more sad than anything else because <laughs> the back, it really is. The backstory to this is this guy I've caddied for, for eight years, plays out here for a few weeks and I caddy for him almost every day for a few weeks. His son's first time here and his son isn't a golfer, but he can get it around. I mean, he can play, but he's not a golfer. 
We get off. He hits it on one tee. He hits it pretty good, just short of the bunker on the big course. Like, yeah, hits it okay. Two twenty off the tee. Yeah, and he and he hit it about that two twenty. He proceeded to shank his next one onto <laughs> two tee box. Your other guy yeah. hit it from two tee box to one green. Well, he hit it sideways to two tee box, and every single iron up until the eighteenth hole was a dead shank, and he couldn't stop shanking the ball. You talk about my worst nightmare, and it's his first time at the big course, and he. To, to to his credit, he took it in stride and never really got down on himself or upset. He just was like, I don't know, man. I just don't know what I'm doing. And every time, I mean, every little fix we had, he had nothing. nothing. He was just, you know how, well, maybe you don't. You know I do. <laughs> you get the shanks and it gets in your head and you start shanking it. And he, most of the tees he could get off the tee okay, other than maybe a couple, especially <laughs> that one you saw from 13 to 10. But he shanked every iron shot. It was brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. I've never had the shanks. Oh. I've, I've shanked a ball, but I've never had the shanks. I caddy for actually Tyler Dort. Shout out to him. I know he's a good listener. I think it was in his group. One of the players, uh, he was on the plane route out, and he was having a, a problem with shanks. And on the plane, they saw him in the seat. <laughs> he was Google searching like <laughs> two minute fixes for shanks, and he's looking at how to fix shanks on his iPhone. It's like. The things golfers do when they're at the depths of, of, of the bottom of the barrel, like when you're shanking it like that, you'll try any fix. What is the fix for the shanks? <sighs> Probably stop shanking it. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's, it, it, it really does get in your head. Like if you have a couple of shanks in a row, sometimes it gets in your head. This dude, I'm telling you, when he shanked every shot, it was chips, everything. I mean, other than his T-balls, shanked it up until 18. 18, he hit a good T-shot. Striped his second one straight, striped his third one, gave him the wrong club. He hit in the bunker. That wasn't his fault. Mm -hmm. But it was 17 holes of shanking the ball. That's like my worst nightmare. If I go to like if I go to like a Pine Valley or Augusta and like my only time to play it or first time playing it, you get the shanks there and can't stop doing it. Nightmare. Very presumptive the first time playing it. Oh. The yeah, only time. I, I plan on going back. Okay. Well, I gotta get there the first time though, but yeah. True. Yeah. My boy that was shanking it, the lefty. Uh-huh. He nearly killed a cyclist. Right? So. <laughs> funny, funny you say that. That's that's hilarious because we're we're uh, we're about to hit a shot, and the guys are I don't know they're if they're not ninety degrees or seventy five degrees to our right, about five yard, ten to fifteen yards like off to the side. And my kid's dad was like, "Hey guys, you might want to watch out over there." I'm like, and the kid looks at his dad. He's like, "Dad, you're not helping my confidence there." And what did he do? He never really missed him. He almost hit him. It was crazy. But well, this guy was in 16, and he's he's taking his... I think at this point, he's getting six iron because he's, nothing else is working. Absolutely nothing's it working. And he hooks it off 16. It hits a fence, bounces back the way towards us, but there was a cyclist going. It nearly hit the guy oh, underneath no. the helmet. Shouldn't have been standing there. I mean, cycling there. And That's I thought hilarious. to myself, oh, yeah, jo John, we went out a cycle about, I don't know, eight hours ago. What happened to <laughs> Took so, one in the head from a golf ball, a shanker. Absolutely hopeless. And, and and you just get to the point where you're you're just done. It's tough. It's tough to help people who just, they can't be helped at some point. I found it really hard this, this week, actually, because if you think about it, I had our tolerance of very bad golf is very very high has to be you has see to be. so much of it yeah. however seeing that level of of complete scrap sunday monday wednesday Depressing. thursday 
Makes you start thinking about that Walmart greeter position. (laughs) 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 Janitorial services at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, that's brilliant. Have you any more bad golf? Oh, tons, tons, but uh, yeah. Leave that for another day. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Well, we've got quite a few mailbag questions we're going to move on to now, so we'll do that after a message from our sponsor. Big Game Golf. Every golfing group has the guy who coordinates the weekly game or the buddies trip. If you're that guy, you'll be very familiar with the pain and frustration scheduling, managing and scoring your game. Why not make your life easier by downloading the Big Game Golf app and start saving time and hassle today. Whether you're a caddy wanting to engage more with your golfers, a pro shop wanting to get out of running the weekly game, or you're that guy wanting to streamline the process, Big Game Golf is here to help you. The app has over 30 games, so there is no need to keep playing the same boring games with your mates week in and week out. The app is also fully integrated with the USGA, so every player's handicap will automatically be incorporated, which saves time, and more importantly, sandbagging. Simply choose your game, keep score, and the app will do all the calculations with live scoring, leaderboards, and contest results. Big Game Golf will even text players the final results. So start improving your golf experience today by downloading the app, Big Game Golf. We'd love to hear from listeners if you've downloaded the app. Yep, downloaded Big Game Golf and used it. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what games are you playing? Are you using it just as an e-scorecard? Because that's what I've used it for a lot. I mm-hmm. uh, love the aspect that you can actually email yourself the score. You can email or text everyone in the group the score. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always one guy in the group. Keeping score. Tell us about your experiences. Are what you if- that guy? Are you always the guy that wants to take the score? I, I am when I do play yeah. golf on the rare occasions. I, I need to play more, but yes, I am that guy. I feel as if it's a caddy thing as well because we're asked to do it so often. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I always I always joke and I say, you know, you want me keeping score. Trust me, you're going to like it a lot better if I keep score for you. Uh, I ran a recent poll on Twitter because it was a question about people marking the balls, Abel. Okay. And the recent poll was, should every golfer mark his or her golf ball in order to identify it? Because someone asked us that in the episode that you, you, you were ill. Definitely, yeah. Guess what the result was? I'd say 80% of people said they should always mark the golf ball. Interesting. Only 59% of people said, said yes. Still the majority, but yeah, slightly less than I would think. I was very disappointed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, make sure it's your, your golf ball. I I cannot believe that that's what we got back. I cannot believe that more people. I think it's one of the fundamentals of golf. Agreed. We should yeah. be teaching. Should you be should of, know exactly what your ball looks like, and it should be have some dots on it or a line or something that says it's your golf ball. Yeah, unbelievable. Agreed. Okay, Zabo, time for some mailbag questions. This first one is from a David Marshall. Okay. And he's from Fairfield. Any idea where that is? Connecticut? Okay. There's definitely a Fairfield, Connecticut. It's probably about 50 of them, to be honest. It's yeah, a well, pretty Fairfield is pretty common. It's like, like Springfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's David's from Fairfield. What does a $1,000 driver get you that a $200 one doesn't? I am an 18 handicap. I play three to four times a year and was curious if I would get anything more from the more expensive driver. I'll be honest with you. You could play with a rag and a stick. <laughs> and it would have the same effect, mate, three to four times a year, David. Are you having a laugh? Yeah. I mean, but let's talk.
talk about that though, because that's a great question. It is, that is a good question. Okay. And the answer is it's going to get you more kudos from your boys, and they're going to look at you and say, "Oh wow, you got the new Autoflex shaft, or you got the new Stealth Three X Plus." You know, yeah, you'll get, but not really. It's not going to get you much more. I'd equate it to. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough, and I, I thought this was the coolest thing in the world. My father-in-law, when he passed away, rest his soul, he gave me his Rolex watch. I mean, I could wear a Timex. I could wear a Rolex. They're still going to tell the same exact time. They're still going to work just, but I feel a lot cooler wearing a Rolex than I do a Timex. Can you tell the time, though? No. <laughs> I, once, I don't know if I ever, ever said this. There was a group came out on the big course very early in the morning. These guys were getting changed into their clothes in the first tee. They were still trashed. They hadn't gone to bed. Mm-hmm. Happens very frequently. And let's just say they were sniffing. And Something. They met someone in the fourth who walked along. He was also into the uh, Colombian Columbia marching yeah. dust, right? Yeah. We get to the seventh, and this guy says he's from Scotland. I know who he is, right? He's a bit of a dick, but he's all a bit... caddy? No, he's not a caddy. Okay. He's a local guy, and he thinks he's a baller, but he's not. But he's got a few drinks in him. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. And he he starts showing me his Rolex in the seventh screen. He's like, look at that, look at that. And I'm like, <laughs> Get out and, of here. And I looked at him, I said, I says, but you can't tell the time, mate, can you? <laughs> right? and not to mention, the time's wrong on that watch you got. <laughs> oh, I tell you, you didn't like that. Yeah. He said, oh, you want to say that again? I says, well, did you not hear me? <laughs> I says, let's go, right now. But the point being is, yeah, the, the, the money really doesn't matter. If you got a reasonable driver, 460C, CC driver that is has the proper shaft and you're going to hit it just as good as you're going to hit that thousand dollar driver three to four times a year you doesn't can, matter you're maybe going to hit five or six decent drives with a thousand dollar driver and one with the 200 i think shaft is the most important thing and that's what agreed i'd love to talk to somebody about shafts agreed. actually uh <laughs> since i know you would <laughs> <laughs> easy enough uh, john day regular contributor uh-huh. he asks since 1990 has any tour pro gone a full season only using local caddies at each tournament? Fantastic question, but who would know the answer to that? Do you know the answer to that? I know. I think Alex Checker. That's just because he's cheap. That's because he's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he's like, another one who won't do percentages. <laughs> he's like, no, this is what you're getting for the week, and you'll take it and like it. Yeah, please put the cover on my $200 driver as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He he is cheap, and... I'm sure there's a number of them out there. They just they take whoever they can scrounge up. The Not week. Quite the cheapest option. Yeah. Just have somebody carry the bag. Yeah. That's that's my impression. So uh, since 1990, I would 100 percent somebody yes. somebody out there is doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd imagine since you know 1490, there's been a pro doing that. Yeah. So next question: After watching a player for a few holes, do you ever adjust the yardage you give him? To compensate for their actual game. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Lee Barton, Huntsville, Alabama. Yes, Lee. Yes, Lee. After the first first shot, when he tells me he tits at two seventy with his driver, and I watch him hit at two twenty, I adjust then. That's when I start adjusting. It never ceases to amaze me. People do not understand distance, bro. Not not even close. We had this. This this I've had it for this husband and wife, and we had this German in the group. Oh, his name German. was his name was Klaus or something like that. And, and oh, this, Klaus! <laughs> I like Bernhard Langer. He's my favorite golfer exactly. ever. He's out there, and he doesn't have a caddy. He's he's 
carrying his own bag, and he's out there 70, 80 yards up in front of where his ball landed looking for his ball. I'm like, Klaus, Klaus. I'm like, you're back here. I'm like, your ball's not even close to there back here. He goes, oh, ball goes so much farther back home. I'm like, yeah, you know, your ball's right here. You hit that about 220. You shouldn't be playing the blues. But the problem is, Michael, over here you use yards. Over back in, back in Germany we use meters. Doesn't change how far you hit it, Klaus. I mean, yes. People, people are delusional. They have no idea how far they hit their clubs. Clubs Lee, yeah. yes. When they tell us they hit their seven iron 170 yards, we know <laughs> they hit it 150. Maybe if they flush it, we we adjust. Yeah, it's the the guys that go left to right, the slicers. Oh, those are the worst. And they yeah. go, but I really hit it well. Yeah, you go, yeah, it goes 170, right? But it bends. It's like a banana, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yes, I don't doubt that it went 170, but it just didn't go straight 170, mate. Yes, all all good caddies adjust very soon after they meet their players. They give them the proper clubs, just like putting as well. Correct. Yeah, old uh, old Klaus from German from von Deutschland. He likes <laughs> to push. Him. I slice it. I slide the putter head through the the, the, the ball. So you 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 start reading him further left. Yeah, exactly. We adjust. Love that one. Thank you very much, Lee. Next question, David McLean. And it says, Dave from Libertyville, Illinois. I am a caddy master at a club and schedule my caddies loops. Sounds like you guys set up your own loops sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. How do you get your loops? On your, <laughs> on your own, assigned by the caddy master, or a combination? Love the podcast. Thanks. Okay, David. Good question, David. Depends who you are. Depends what kind of caddy you are. Whose palm you're greasing to get your loops. I mean, it just depends, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Gordon and myself, we have a good base of people that we've caddied for before, so I'd say the majority of our loops come from people we've either caddied for or referrals from people we've caddied for. But yeah, yeah. by I, and large, if we don't, if we, we're not on request and don't have a group, we go to the bench based on seniority. Yeah, absolutely. It's a combination. Yeah. I, I know people that were Uber drivers. They picked up loops from picking someone up at the airport. They yeah. go to the resort, boom. Uh, back in Scotland, it used to be the same guys going out first. It's because they're you know greasing the, the, the carry master, as you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard about it over here as well, actually. I have too. Yeah. And a lot of what I do now is actually quite more and more from the podcast or Twitter. I've had yeah. a few of those. And I think I like to call it the family tree where it's... You've carried, or I've carried for somebody, you've carried for somebody, mm-hmm. and they then refer you. Yep, that happens a lot. So, so they're having lunch at the club, and all of a sudden someone says, oh, I'm heading out to California. Oh, right, you got to you know, hit this guy up. Okay. And there, there are people, I once l- listed it out just out of interest, and I was on to my eighth group of people from the initial person. Yeah. Yeah, it branches out. You're right. It's like a family tree. Well, it branches like the, out. The, the Russian dolls. Yeah. And it started off with yeah, this guy. Yeah. And it's funny because you then get to know, you know, this guy here better than you, the initial yeah, guy. Subsets of friends and yeah. And then you get the branches coming off of mm-hmm. there as well. And it's, yeah. it's that's fantastic. But uh, there, there snowballs. Are some, if, if you have worked at the same place for five or more years and you never see your name up on the board Something's as wrong. a request, there's something seriously wrong. Something seriously wrong. With your ability or your personality. Correct. So I do know some guys that just don't. They won't do it. They're not interested. And they should be, you know, working at Walmart. There are guys who will not do requests. They will work for one group and they will never go with them no matter what they get paid and how much they're liked. 
Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your your mailbag questions. We absolutely love them. I I, I love some of the stuff we get, and we get some some nonsense sometimes, but the majority of it's very good. If you have a question, send it in on social media, Glorified Donkey, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can email us podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. Okay, Michael, I think that's just coming to the end of another episode. It is, yeah. We got shout outs to do. Oh we got sh- oh sorry, we get shout outs. Yeah. I gotta shout out my boy David Nice. I caddied for him for a few days. Guy from Minnesota. I know he's gonna be a podcast listener. Had a great couple of days on a single bag with him. Also got a shout out some this was an interesting one. Max and David Godvin. So Max, I was caddying for him a couple weeks back and uh you know how younger younger dude and you know how we do. We're like, yeah, where are you from? What do you do? He's from, from Dallas, you know. It's like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I'm in the apartment building business. And I was like, oh. He's like, you you must know one of my good friends out there. And uh, Brian Tusa, he goes, no freaking way. I said, what do you, what, what? He's like, that's my boss and mentor, Brian Tusa. I'm like, oh. dude, I've caddied for Brian Tusa for 10 years. So immediately, what do you do? You take a picture with the kid. And I send All it right. to Brian Tusa. He's like, you got to be freaking kidding me that you're caddying for, for my boy Max right now. So got a shout out, Max, and uh, Brian Tusa as well. Hope you're back soon, Brian. It's been a while. Come on back. Love it. Love it. Brian Moore, my good good pal of mine now from, from Colorado. He was out recently for a tournament. So, Brian, hello. Jimmy Dooling. Jimmy. Love Jimmy. Jimmy loves the shorter episodes because he's got a short attention span. Yeah, and we love you, Jimmy. Yeah, so, Jimmy, we'll see you soon, and, and thanks for listening. And also, Ben, 13 Ball Ben. 13 Ball Ben. From Los Angeles. You know Miss, who you Mr. are. Mr. Two Handicap, bringing 13 balls, playing the tips. Played really, really, really good golf as well. Did he? Oh, yeah. Really, really good. How many balls did he lose? None. Wow. He had to. 12 too well, many? Well, here, here's the problem, right? He also hit two on cart paths, right? So, of course, they get oh, the big bruise on switch out, yeah. yeah. So, switch them out. So, I then motioned to him, throw it on the beach. And he went, no, I can't throw that away. I went, why not? I'm not carrying it. He says, oh, I made two birdies with that one. Oh, jeez. Right? Okay, so that goes in the bag. Happens to him about three holes later. Goes to put it in the bag again. I says, oh, well, you made two bogeys with that. I guess you keep that too, huh? Jeez. That's funny. Ben, you know who you are. I know he's going to be listening. Yeah. Hope Less you're balls. well. Less is more. If you want to support the boys, you can download the Big Game Golf app. You can put down code G donkey all lowercase one or two, the numbers one or two. You can also visit our website, glorifieddonkey.com. Buy us a beer. It's a website called Buy Us a Coffee, but you can also do the beer. But it's on our website. You can, there's a link there. Look it up. And also on our Twitter account. So, Michael, many thanks again for your time. Thank you. Good to be here. I look forward to the next time when we have Absolutely. plenty more good stories and content. Mm-hmm. To our listeners, many thanks for listening. If you are new to the podcast, make sure and go back. We have a long list of episodes, 118, and one with a lady now. 119. 118 previous though. Oh, you're right. And one with a lady. Good point. So like the 78th US Open. Many thanks for listening. Get out there. Enjoy your golf, but more importantly, keep it humble. <laughs> <laughs>